All right. Welcome as we continue on in our Bible study. We are working through together right now the Old Testament. We're in particular in the book of Genesis. Uh, most of you that were here know we did a five-year run in the New Testament. We knocked it out a chapter at a time. And uh, so now we've started a year ago. We started our 15-year journey through the Old Testament. And uh, I like to have a plan. So <laughs> it's subject to change, but we just keep knocking them out. We're up to Genesis chapter 39. Uh, you learn a lot by reading through the Bible this way. Studying the Bible, mostly it's about context. We talked about all the time in the New Testament, so that you get the context for the Scripture of what's happening. Well, you know, the New Testament is obviously very important to us. So is the Old Testament, and it also gives us a lot of foundation for things in the New Testament. And so we're working through this together. Um, Genesis, if you, you know, I, I want you to remember some things at the end of 50, some 50 weeks of working through it together. And the things that I in particular want you to remember... So I say it every week. I want you to remember that Genesis um, is four main events, right? So I do this every week, so you should know this by now. The four main events are the creation and the fall and the flood and the Tower of Babel. That's the, if somebody asks you what's Genesis about, those are the four main events leading up to the four main characters uh, of the book of Genesis. Now, there's lots of characters, but the four main ones are... Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. And from, so the four events really are in the first 11 chapters with Genesis 12 now starts this process of the patriarchs and through Joseph. And the big theme that you have to remember, book of Genesis, Genesis 3.15, the crimson thread of redemption starts there. From Genesis 3.15, you can watch it all the way through the Old Testament, weave its way to the cross. And uh, you will watch events that take place. You will see the attack of the enemy. You will watch God's faithfulness through it all. And it's all happening through that thread. And the story of these guys is all about this thread of redemption as, you know, the, the promise has to come through this lineage. And, and so that's what we're looking at. You'll also note, and we, we make a point of this, that um, the people in the Old Testament, when you read about them in the New Testament, it's all glowing. Uh, pretty much reports, you know, when we read the Hebrews chapters of the, the heroes of the faith, we see how awesome these guys are, but when we read about them in the Old Testament, we find out that they're pretty much a mess, and uh, I, I think that gives us a lot of hope, because most of us, when we're honest, are pretty much a mess, and uh, we're doing the same stuff they're doing, making bad choices, and, you know, we're learning as we go, um, and yet we talk about it all this time. I love this, that that God is weaving all that stuff, and it's like a a tapestry that when you look at it from the front, it's, it's beautiful, but when you look at the back of a tapestry, it's all knots and tangles and mess, and it doesn't look pretty at all. From our perspective, that's what our life looks like, but God's perspective as he works through it in his spirit, it's a, it's a tapestry, man. It's a, it's a work of art. It's a masterpiece. And I, I think that, you know, recorded for us in Hebrews, we see the perspective of people from God's point of view, you know, submitted to Christ and moving on in him. So I think that gives us great, great... Uh, hope, and that's important. So, we are, uh, we are now up into Genesis chapter 39. Remember Genesis 38 was primarily about Judah and Tamar, and not such a great chapter because there's a, they were really a mess, and, and uh, if you can go back and review that if you want, I'm not going to dig it up again, but, but Judah now, um, who, and Judah and Tamar in the lineage of Christ, but you can see how God uses broken people and, uh, 
redeems them. Now I want to talk about Joseph, who's very important in this story, uh, and because of his actions, and he's in direct sort of contrast to Judah, who wasn't a person of much integrity at all, but Joseph really is. Joseph has strong moral character. He's a person of integrity, not perfect, but he's a, he's a, he, he's a, he really does and makes some good choices, and he stands when things are tough, and in spite of circumstances, he trusts in the Lord, and um, he goes on in this, uh, and God uses him mightily in the process, and if you remember that God promised Abraham that his descendants would bring blessings to other nations, and that's a promise that still happens, and it, you're going to see it in, in, in Joseph now as he brings great blessing to Egypt, uh, but ultimately to his people, Israel, uh, in the process. And so, Joseph was one of those guys that the, the Lord used, the things that he put his hand to prospered, but people were always kind of out to get him, and he would, he would get things going really well, and then then not so well. But all of it was sort of a learning process and, and uh, it kept stepping Joseph closer and closer into where God wanted him ultimately. So, so Joseph's a really good example of a believer that trusts God and makes the best of difficult circumstances. And, and certainly, you know, Joseph would rather have been at home, at least I'm guessing, than to be where he keeps ending up. Uh, you know, first they, right, the brothers, if you remember, threw him in a pit and were going to kill him but decided not to but told the, the dad he was dead and, and uh, sold him off into slavery in Egypt. And that's where we're going to pick up the story today. He ends up in Potiphar's house, but there he's accused of something he doesn't do and ends up in jail, where he spends quite a bit of time in jail, but uh, the warden, he has favor on him, and he starts running the jail, in effect. So he runs Potiphar's house, then he runs the jail, and then ultimately he ends up being the second person in charge of Egypt um, by a series of events. And so we'll, we'll be looking at those over the next couple of chapters. But this blessing of the Lord um, was very evident in Potiphar's house. We're going to see him end up. Um, so Potiphar, Potiphar was a, a, like a captain of the guard, and he, he apparently purchases Joseph from the, the, the slave traders that picked him up out of the pit. Remember, the brothers sold him, and so he's going to end up now in Potiphar's house, and we're going to watch um, what happens. And, and Joseph's presence in Potiphar's house brings blessing to Potiphar's house. And it's part of that whole process. Just like, you know, when Jacob went to Laban's house, remember all of a sudden Laban prospered? Same thing. It was God working through them in the process that brought blessing um, into these houses. And um, we'll, you'll see in the story, Joseph was well-liked by the people in Potiphar's house, and he would have been quite a contrast to them. You know, Egypt was uh, idol worshipers, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and yet Joseph, you know, was worshiping the living God, and uh, he was very honest. He was a faithful worker. Um, and um, the people that he worked with could see that God was working in him and through him. And, and so this service wasn't only a blessing to the household of Potiphar. It was ultimately a blessing to Joseph. And really, had he sort of stayed, remember the situation with his father who had picked him out to be his favorite, um, which wasn't helping him at all uh, in his relationship with his brothers or the rest of his family or, you know, in, in his own life. Um, really, these circumstances that he's going to go through, um, as difficult as they seem, God will use and redeem to ultimately keep this thread of redemption running um, that needs to happen in the people of Israel. Uh, and um, uh, Joseph's going to end up, like I said, probably one of the mightiest leaders of all time, um, but he starts as a servant and 
learns things on the journey so he can get there. You really can't, uh, uh, he, he, you know, that's really the, we have to be, we have to learn to serve if we're ever going to do much of anything else. It really all starts there. And that's enough. But, but in the kingdom of God in particular, it's all about serving. And that was Jesus' point to his guys over and over and over again. You want to be somebody in the kingdom? Serve. So um, all examples for those things. And, and um, Joseph, we're going to read. You're going to find out he was not only a, a person of high moral character, but apparently he was uh, um, uh, you know, handsome and, and well-favored. Remember, his, his mom was, was very beautiful. And uh, so I'm not sure about uh, his dad, but, uh, but his mom was. We know that from Scripture, Genesis 29. And so uh, he apparently did well in that process. And um, Potiphar's wife is going to attempt to seduce him continually. And he's, he resists that temptation. And then he's falsely accused of that which he refused to do. So uh, uh, at one point, sort of like this. So at, at one point, she grabs a hold of his coat, trying to seduce him. And he, he, in getting away from her, actually, she rips the coat off of him. And uh, see, see, this garment thing happens a lot, right, in, in this whole process. Um, and so uh, this for the second time in his life, he lost a garment. The first time they stole, the brothers stole his fancy coat. This time, she rips it off of him. But I sort of like this, uh, you know, he lost his coat, but he kept his character. And uh, so that's the way he kind of remember that. All right, Genesis 39. 23 verses, I'll read them to you. We'll talk a little bit about it on the other side, and then we'll call it an evening. Beginning in verse 1, I'm reading out of the older version of the NIV. The one on the screen is probably the newer one. You can read along whatever translation you've got. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him, uh, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said come to bed with me but he refused. With me in charge he told her my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he is entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am my master has withheld nothing from me except you because you're his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. And then she told him this story. 
That Hebrew slave you brought us came to make, me, make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So, um, pretty interesting things taking place in Joseph's life. And uh, if you read that, it doesn't seem fair, right? It doesn't seem right. He was trying to do the right thing and still got accused of not doing the right thing and, and uh, ends up in prison. Prison back in the time would not have been a good situation. It's never really a good situation. But um, uh, often people would end up in the, in the prisons back then and they, they didn't, it's not like they had a right to a speedy trial or anything. Uh, they could just get in there and be left because the, the people in charge, you know, they had to make time for that stuff. And a lot of times they just didn't have time or didn't want to make time and didn't care. And so people could literally go to prison and stay there forever. Uh, and, and in the story, you'll see he was actually there quite a while before he catches a break. And even then, it's not because they were bringing him to trial. Um, they were... Uh, something else was coming up that he was able to do. And so they, they found out about him. So um, he's languishing there in effect. And, you know, if you think about it, uh, it would be really have been easy for Joseph to just sort of cave and give in, right? And just say, forget it all. What's the, what's the point? Um, I was doing the right thing. Where did that get me? Um, but, you know, the Lord's blessing is on him, and he, he <laughs> ends up running the prison. Kind of funny. So, uh, so God's faithful. And ultimately, you know, he's going to run Egypt, too. So it's stepping stones. All right. So the things I want to hi uh, highlight. Uh, verse 1. Pharaoh was uh, and is the general name, was anyway, uh, for all the kings of Egypt. So it was a title. So when you read about Pharaoh in the Bible, it doesn't always mean you're reading about the same guy. Right? It's just a title. Like a, a king or, or, or president. Um, it changes from time to time. So the, the Pharaoh that placed Joseph in charge um, of Egypt is a completely different person than the one who turns against the Hebrews in the book of Exodus, all right? Plus, it's way later, so uh, that one has changed. But So when you read about Pharaoh, know that it changes throughout history and time. Um, in verse 3, we saw, you know, that Potiphar could, could tell that the Lord, uh, Jehovah, was with him and... Uh, and so, you know, he, so Joseph no longer has his, his fancy coat, but he, he has great character, and, um, and he has a great trust in the Lord, and obviously that's, um, that's seen in him, and as the Lord's blessing is moving through him, uh, you know, it's, it's apparent to the people around him, and uh, he was a worshiper of the true God, and, and yet um, Potiphar can see the blessing of God on him and, and begins to elevate him in his house, uh, which was, you know, a pretty significant deal to running it. And then, you know, the, in verse 5, we see that the Lord blesses the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Um, as this was all part of God's redemptive plan um, in the process. One of my favorite things in Genesis when you get towards the end is Joseph dealing with his brothers. And he looks at them and said, you, you did what you did to harm me. 
but God used it for good. And uh, when you get to that, you just remember these stories. That's in Genesis 49 or 50. Um, but but uh, how God takes, how God can take and use things. Just always remember that. Because it's very easy to get caught in the middle of a difficult time and think, you know, this is, and, and, and yet God uses things over and over and over and has a, it's amazing um, in how he, do, he does that. And so um, uh, Potiphar makes him the overseer in his house. And we don't know, you know, at what level he entered in the servant sort of structure there, but very quickly he was promoted to the top um, sort of a confidential servant um, of, of Potiphar. Now, in verse 7, Potiphar's wife starts to see Joseph and starts to get some ideas about who he is. Uh, and um, uh, unlike a lot of countries in the east, in Egypt at this time period, um, the, the women were actually given a lot of uh, rights and movement that weren't sort of off hidden in the back and all covered so you could, they, they were a big part of society back then, um, as well they should have been, um, but uh, she's just constantly um, trying to seduce Joseph, and um, she's, she's after him all the time, and, uh, and that might have been fairly common for their society at the time, but you've got Joseph who's saying, you know, it's not okay, and um, uh, so even though she was trying to seduce him, it didn't work, and um, he, he actually, you know, tells her why it's not going to happen. He says, you know, listen, uh, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be hurting you. I'd be sitting against Potiphar. Uh, uh, I'd be, you know, I'd be, it'd be something I don't want to do. Wouldn't be right with God. Uh, uh, all these things. And um, he, he says, you know, it's, uh, it's a sin. And we're not going to do it. And uh, it's an act of disobedience. And so he wouldn't do it. Um, and so he tries to avoid her uh, in, in uh, verses 10 through 15. He refuses her advances. At some point, uh, you know, it's pretty apparent she sets the stage so none of the servants are in the house. Um, and, and, uh, and then she, she gives this one big effort. He refuses. She gets a hold of his cloak. He runs away. And because he's, you know, just refused her so many times, she finally says, I'll cheat you. And claims that he tried to uh, rape her and she had the cloak to prove it. Um, and so she tells Potiphar this story. Potiphar believes it, obviously. And uh, he has Joseph thrown in prison. And, and um, they, they would have been, you know, forced labor uh, there in the prisons. And until um, uh, the trial came up, you know, they were definitely guilty unless somehow proven innocent um, back then. And, uh, and so he was held in prison for a long time before he, uh, before he gets to see Pharaoh. And then it's not, to, like I said, not to stand trial, but it's, he's called up to bring, to interpret a dream. That's what sort of gets him moving in the right direction. Uh, and there, you know, in prison, verses 21 through 23, like I said, easily could have been seen as a completely hopeless situation. But he does his best with what he can and what's presented to him, and the blessing of God is there, and it's noticed, and, and um, he's, he's promoted ultimately to prison administrator from uh, prisoner and... and um, you know, so another thing we can learn, even in difficult situations, just whatever task is at hand, always do your best and let God move it through there. It's very easy, culturally, I think now, we're surrounded by people um, who, who want to do their least 
and get by, not their best. And, and uh, like in, in the workplace, it's, it's easy to sort of get dis discouraged because so many people do the bare minimum. Uh, and you think, well, if everybody else is doing it, that's what I should do too. But, you know, I, I always say, I, I was, everything you do, do it like you're doing for him. And don't worry so much about what everybody else is doing. And, and God works out in that whole process. And life works better then. I, have you ever been at a job? I've been at jobs where people purposely try not to do any more than they have to. And it's, it's, it takes miserably, makes miserable long days. Have you ever been, I mean, <laughs> I was in a situation once where I wanted to work way more than they would let me, and they'd tell me, knock it off. And I, I couldn't do it. I, how do you stay all day not doing anything? I, I can't, I can't survive it. Uh, so, so it's much better, just the, it's the whole thing, the whole process messed up. Do the best you can, do it for him. I do everything you do. You, you know, do it, do it for him, and it, it's better. It makes everything work better. Anyway, uh, that last little part was no extra charge. That's all I got to say about that for the day. Um, if you're watching my video, thank you very much. Appreciate you doing that. There's a prayer page on the website. If you need prayer, go there. We'll pray for you. We'll see you soon. If you have prayer.